The following teaching is brought to you by Crosspoint Church. For sermon notes and other resources, visit go to crosspoint.com. Listen up, pal. No, seriously, listen up. Listen up and open up your Bible right now. If you don't have a Bible, get one that went around you. Get a Bible out right now. Mobile device, whatever. You're in the locker room now. Like, this is Jesus Christ in the locker room with you. Go, hey, we got some things to do. We're at halftime here. We got some adjustments to make because there's some stuff going on out there we got to pay attention to. So listen up. Malachi chapter 2. If you need to navigate through your mobile device, table of contents, find Malachi chapter 2. Malachi is uh, the last book of what we call the Old Testament. It's, we're using it as like a podcast. It's called Last Call because this is the last direct word from God that comes to God's people for 400 years. So if this is the last thing God's going to say for 400 years, we ought to now listen up ourselves to this. He says in Malachi chapter 2, verse 2, listen to me and make up your minds. That then we could do a whole message just on that. Listen up and make up your minds. First of all, listen, God says, listen to me. You're so used to listening by default to the voices around you. The voices of your friends, the voices of people, because we're all still recovering from seventh grade. We want people to like us. We want to be popular. We want to be cool. So we have certain voices that we give certain weight to, and so we listen to them. We also listen to the algorithm that's out there. And all that algorithm is doing in your social media and your entertainment choices on Netflix and Hulu, it's just feeding you the stuff that it knows that you want here. It's just validating you in your own ridiculousness. It's all that it's doing for you. It's just showing, telling you what you want to hear. And you go, oh, see, the whole world believes this. <laughs> yeah. God says, listen to me. Focus and listen to me. And, and he says, and then make up your minds, he says, to honor my mind. Look, if you don't make up your mind, if you just drift along and go in neutral, you'll never get to where God wants you to be. If you just go by default, you'll just get washed downstream. And here's today... If they, again, imagine yourself in the locker room with Jesus, who's the commander-in-chief, who's the head coach, saying, hey, eyes on me, listen up, and make up your minds about some things, and here's the big message in a moment. Do you want your life to be full of life and peace or a manure heap? Yeah, and we're going to see right here, right now, that, that manure heap, I didn't just make that up, that's right here. This is one of the reasons why we chose to talk about this book of the Bible, Malachi, because he uses words like manure heap. Uh, God says, listen to me, make up your minds to honor my name, he, uh, says the Lord of heaven's armies, or I'll bring a terrible curse against you. I will curse even the blessings you receive, and you have already cursed them because you have not taken my warning to heart. I will punish your descendants and splatter your faces with the manure from your festival sacrifices. That's awesome. God says, I'm going to throw a bunch of crap on you. Um, I'm not making this stuff up. That's right there. He says, and I will throw you on the manure pile. Then at last you'll know it was I who sent you this warning so that my covenant with the Levites, with all of y'all, can continue. What God says here is, look, 
God always wants to start with, hey, I love you. I, I, want, I want to bless you. It's that prayer that Chris just read, the Lord bless you and keep you. Bible is going to tell us over and 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 over again that God doesn't just have love. God doesn't just express love. God is love. That's who he is. That's the very nature of who he is. Now, it's also going to tell us that from time to time, you just got to read parts of the Bible that God will get angry. You just got to pay attention to the stories. Stories of the flood, stories of Sodom and Gomorrah, stories of Jesus calling down curse. God gets anger, but it says God has to be provoked to anger. Those of you that are parents of children of any age know that your first inclination to your children is love, 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 right? But from time to time, anybody here have been provoked to anger? Okay, okay, oh, not my kids. Yeah, your kid's like, what, three days old then? Because you haven't, haven't had that child long enough. God says, I want to bless you. I want to give you that. He says, and you keep ignoring me. So he says, if you keep ignoring me, I've got some warnings for you. Manure's coming, pal. You're gonna get, your life's going to stink. You're going to get all this crap and crud all over you. And what he's talking about here is back in those days, before the days of um, public sanitation, before the days when there was whole departments of industry that picked up trash and took care of sewage and all, all that kind of stuff in businesses, uh, when they butchered animals for the sacrifices that they would make, or they butchered animals just because they ate animals, they didn't just get it wrapped up at Seder Brothers or at Farmer's Market, stuff like that. Whenever they did that, they, those animals had lots of them there in the city. What animals do when they're waiting around is they everywhere. You gotta clean that stuff up. You can't just leave that stuff sitting around because of the disease and all that. And then when you butcher those animals, you gotta take all the stuff inside of them that is like, you don't eat that stuff, that stuff is, it's full of excrement and refuse and all that kind of stuff. And you take it, you take it outside, people will come along and you would take it outside the city and you know where you'd put it? On the manure heap. And God says, look, here's the deal. Do you want life and peace? And he says, well, here's what they do with the manure heap. Manure heap was always on fire. They were always burning it. He says, your life can be wasted, discarded, full of regret, and just consumed, consumed, consumed. It's odd that that's how America business identifies you. Consumers. Being consumed by the things that they're consuming, and it's burning our lives. God says, look, if you don't make up your minds to honor me, he says, you're going to get thrown out on that manure heap. And he says, and then you're going to know that it was I sent you this warning. God's, God's going to say this, look, don't say I didn't warn you, pal. Make, listen up and make up your minds to honor me. And don't say I didn't warn you because bathtubs, I don't want to do this. What I want for you is not the hashtag manure heap to be the thing that's tweeted over your life. I want the hashtag life and peace. That's what I want for you. He says, and that's what I gave. Look at here, uh, Malachi 2. Look at verse 5 now, as he continues, after he gives the big warning here. He says, the purpose of my covenant with the Levites, with you all, he says, was to bring life and peace. And that's what I gave him. Anybody vote for life and peace versus manure heap? Nobody wants your life to end up on the manure heap. Now, some of you are living like that. It's like, like how fast are you trying to get to hell? Because it's like you have a, a, a shovel out and you're excavating your way down there. But he says, nobody intentionally tries to do that for the most part. What move on is life and peace. And God says, and that's what I gave them. I gave you everything that you wanted. He says, this required reverence from them. I'd marked that in my Bible, reverence from them. And they greatly revered me and stood 
in awe of my name. They passed on to the people the truth of the instructions. They, mark this, received from me. They didn't lie or cheat. They walked with me, living good and righteous lives, and they turned many from lives of sin. Here's the deal. Contrasting choices today. Life and peace over here, or manure heap over here, God goes, hey, you got a choice to make right here, right now, today. If you don't make some adjustments to your life, some of you are already on the pathway to the manure heap. He said, no, some of you are on the pathway to life and peace, and so you need to hear today not to feel like, oh, gosh, my life's a mess, I've screwed up. No, no, you might be just really encouraged today. Just keep doing that. Keep that flowing. Keep that going here. Because, but sometimes here's what happens. When life and peace is just flowing in your life, you can start taking it for granted. And next thing you know, you're doing dumb things and compromising and doing silly things. And you go, how, how did I drift over here? Drift happens. And so he's saying, hey, get back on track. Stay on track. And if your life is starting to get smelly because there's a bunch of manure all over you, because stuff is being just, the consequence of your decisions is getting all over you. You can make some corrections for that. He says, here's the, the first key to, a, to the hashtag life in peace. He says that there, this required reverence from them. Number one, reverence. It says, they greatly revered me and they stood in awe of my name. There's all kinds of verses in the Bible that talk about this idea that God is love, but it tells us this over and over and over again. I have a few references there. It tells us this, that when it comes to our relationship with God, the fear of the Lord is the foundation for your life. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of everything. Now, that's not fashionable to say in the West anymore. What's fashionable to say in the West is God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. So just go on your merry way, do what you want, and God loves you no matter what. And it's true. The truth is, some of you are going, well, does it mean to fear God? Should I be scared of him? Some of you should be scared because you're doing disastrous, ridiculous. You're going to end up on the manure heap on fire. God's going, there's some healthy fear that ought to be in there, not just like, well, I just feel awesome about God. Stop. But it's more the idea of not just being an abject terror of God. It's this idea of who or what is, am I going to center my identity and my life around? You're going to center your life around someone or something. Sometimes that someone or something is going to be a bad thing. Sometimes that someone or something will be a good thing that you make a God thing. You end up worshiping it, sending your lives. And he says... Make up your minds, he says, to honor my name, is what he says in uh, the, the beginning here of chapter 2. He says, revere me, honor my name. This is the idea of, of, of here's maybe a way to write it down, is that God's reputation and God's honor is what I care most about. Not my reputation, not what people think about me on social media or in the workplace, not about my kids getting honored and everybody thinking they're awesome, not about my company or my workplace getting uh, honored, not my baseball team, my football team, my basketball team, not even about my favorite political party, political personality, or particular political convictions being honored. Because what God says what you'd make up your mind to do is to make sure that you care about me. And guys, I want you to know that we could care less here at Cross than what you think about Cross Point Church. Our mission here is not to make everybody think, how awesome and amazing cross point is. Jesus says this. He says, when I am lifted up, 
from the earth. When I'm lifted up and I'm made central, everything you do, I will draw everybody here. So you don't have to worry about what do people think at Crosspoint? Care less what you think about Crosspoint. Care less what you think about me. Well, that's not true because I'm an insecure seventh grader still at heart too. I got some issues here in my heart and soul. But guys, if we get to a place of recognizing, God, I want to, I want to care more about you. You being honored in every part of everything that I do. And this is what it means in the Lord's Prayer. When, when, Jesus, when the, the, Jesus' disciples say, we kind of stink at praying. We wish we were better at prayer. Jesus, show us how to pray. And some of you that grew up uh, Baptist, well, not Baptist, because Baptists didn't do prayers out loud things because that was too Catholic for them. But Catholic, Episcopalians, those kind of people. Catholic, you guys remember the Lord's Prayer? Some of you even know, right? You guys have that. Our Father, it's our heart in heaven, hallowed be your name. You know what that word hallowed means? Holy be your name. God, you know what that means, God? We're saying here, God, I want your name to be holy and honored in my life. And that means not the religious dumb thing that we have done in the West where we say, okay, God, I'll go to church, I'll keep some rules, I'll join a small group, I'll give some money, I'll serve. This is the religious part of my life over here. Done with that, now I go over here and live my life in the business world with my life, with my friends, with what I do on the weekends. That's just, that's the, this is the sacred over here, secular. No, when we say that, God, we're going to make our minds to honor your name, we're going to say in every single part of our life, which means when I go to work and I come home from work and what I do at work, on the weekends when nobody's watching, when I'm picking up my kids from school, doing homework, when I'm cooking food for them, in every single part of my life, I am recognizing that I want to honor God in everything that I do. And Paul talks about this. He says, look, whatever you do in word or deed, do it all to the glory of God. He says, make up your mind to have reverence for God, to go, I'm going to do whatever I can, God, to honor you in every part of my life. Now, that's the pathway to life and peace. If you want the pathway to the manure heap, because some of you are going, that just sounds like, eh. Here's the pathway to the manure heap. Live a casual, segmented relationship with God. Put God over here on the side. Do your religious duty over here, and then just do your one over here, because after all, you kind of did some stuff. Even this whole idea of that I am second, it's a good idea. I am second. You're not second, pal. God is central. We don't, it's not, God is not first. If you're not careful saying God is first, we can go, well, I, I do all my religious things, God first, and then I just do my less, less my life over here. No, in every part of my life, I'm seeking to honor God, even in the most secular, crazy, nasty, challenging places that God has assigned me to, I'm seeking to honor God. It also tells us here, it says the, that required reverence from this, they revered me, stood in awe of my name. Verse uh, six, they passed on to the people the truth of what they received from me. So we need reverence for God, and then we need, number two, receptivity to God. Receptivity to good and godly influences in our life. Folks, you will pass on to others whatever's inside of you. Have you ever been in a situation where you said something or did something go, man, I don't know where that came from. You ever thought that? I can tell you where it came from. It didn't come from the fact that your parents didn't potty train you right. It didn't come from the fact that you have a jerk boss or an idiot ex or anything. You know where it came from? Right inside here. You got squeezed and what was in there came out of you. You will pass on whatever you are receiving. And we got to be intentional about this. I want you to keep something here in Malachi and then find the book of Proverbs in your Bible. The book of Proverbs, if you get to Psalms, you've gone too far. It's back to the left. Find Proverbs chapter 2. 
Proverbs chapter 2 says it this way. It says, my child. Now, Solomon's writing to children, but he, you could write this, hey, my friends, my, my co-workers, my brothers and sisters, my family, whatever. And I'm going to get your pens and pencils out. I want you to mark up some things here like I've done in my Bible. It says here, listen to what I say, and now catch the intensity of the language here, and treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. If God has to tell us to tune our ears to wisdom, what does that mean our, our ears are naturally tuned to? Foolishness. Just going along and whatever's out there, we just kind of take it all in unsolicited. You gotta, now you've got to tune some things out and tune in to God and concentrate. He says, cry out for insight, ask for understanding, search for them as you would for silver, seek them like hidden treasures. Ladies, you, a lot of you have rings on that have very precious diamonds kinds of things in there. If you walked in that back door today and you looked down and you saw that diamond was on your finger, you knew it was there, and then at one point in here, you look down and go, oh, shoot, it's gone. As soon as this service got out, it might even happen while the service is going, what would you do? Search, right? And not search for it like, well, you know, I lost my pen or pencil or a lot, you know. You would search for that like crazy. You would be down on your hands and knees in the crevices. God says, be that intentional about searching for, for God and for godly influences in your life. He says, for the, they says, then you'll understand what it means to fear the Lord. You'll gain knowledge of God. Look, look at verse 9. In my Bible, I've got the first six, five, six verses here kind of all underlined and highlighted with a bracket around them with a big arrow down to first nine. It says, when you do this, when you're intentionable, intentionable, when you're intentional about receiving from God, he says, then you will understand what is right, just, and fair, and you'll find the right way to go. For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will fill you with joy. Wise choices will watch over you. Understanding will keep you safe. Guys, this is the pathway to life and peace. When you are intentional about time with God, intentional about time with God in prayer, intentional time with God on your own. I was, uh, Crystal Petrakowski, who goes to our church, posted this on social media this week about she was just reading her Bible one morning on her own, and her little girl came downstairs and put her head in her lap and just put her head right in the Bible. And she thought, oh, she's missing this. And she thought, what about a perfect picture, though, of what God wants us to do in some physical way to go rest. Rest right on that. Lean your whole life into that word of God, being proactive about it. It becomes pleasant to your soul. Says, Here's what will happen to you. When a tough decision comes up, when a tough, stressful, stressful situation comes up, somebody think, okay, well, I don't know, God, I don't know what to do here. I'm not sure. I'm kind of, oh, about this. You won't have to go talk to a friend, necessarily. You won't have to go Google the four steps for dealing with a jerk at work. You know what's going to happen? You'll just know. Now, this won't happen overnight. There's some things that are still, you might need to go talk to some friends, but the longer you make the pattern of getting dialed into God's word, getting dialed into good godly people in small groups, is what our groups are all about here, meeting with men and women, like those guys get together on Fridays, two or three guys at a time at breakfast places around town, coffee places like that, the men's Bible study, the breakfast coming up, dudes, been here a long time, be here for that. Dude's been here a short time and you don't know anybody yet, be here for that. Got a great speaker coming. This is the way you are intentional about getting God's word, getting truth there, not just to hear about it up here, let it sink down deep 
into your soul. You have to be proactive about it. You can't pass on what you haven't really received. And receiving God's word is not just knowing it. To take a moment here, um, in the book of James chapter 1, flip over there. Navigate there. We'll put these, word, these verses up on the screen. James 1, into verse 21, he says this. Humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts. It has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. And they, later on, will tell us in James, hey, you say you have faith. You say you believe. Oh, good for you, pal. The demons believe all. They believe all the right things. Some of us have demonic faith. Because we know the faith, we know the truth, but it's not being embraced in our lives and then embodied in our everyday life. See, you haven't really received it till it's transforming your life, till you're, till you're intentional about implementing this in your everyday life. So do that. I want to encourage you. That happens too. Receiving from God happens in prayer. This Thursday, we have a thing we do called Third Thursday, where we gather here at 10 o'clock and 2 o'clock to pray for things going on at Cross Point Church, praying for Chris and Tatum, praying for all kinds of things here, there, and everywhere. We also recognize that a lot of you have responsibilities at 10 and 2 o'clock and can't get here. So we made a change to that just last month and just asked you to commit to, would you find a 10-minute segment this Thursday, to pray for the things that we're going to text out to you on Wednesday night. If that's you today going, yeah, I, for 10 minutes, I could find 10 minutes on Thursday to pray. Would you take right now that connection card that Grant had all of you fill out, have it filled it out, start filling it out right now, and put a 10 on it, circle it for us, and we'll text you specifically those things that are going on that you can be joining us in prayer about. Because I worked with middle school students for years and years, I learned that um, sometimes words only tell half the story. Sometimes we need some better pictures. So the whole idea, the engineering idea of G-I-G-O, garbage in, garbage out, good in, good out, so if we're going to let this represent, this is the dark, nasty stuff of your life, the influences that are out there, the bad friends, just the, the algorithm that keeps feeding you stuff. If this is what you're doing, not a trick question here. What are you supposed to get squeezed out of here? If, on the other hand, you say, okay, God, I've got to be intentional about what I put in there. I can't just let society, let my friends, the influence on me, just the TV, the advertising, all of it. If I'm more intentional, be proactive about God's word, good godly influences on my life, those kind of things. If you do this. And say, you know what? I need some more of that over here. When you squeeze, 
when somebody comes to you, maybe not, it's not pressure and squeezing, when somebody comes to you with a difficult question about something, instead of having to go, I don't know what to do here, you know what's going to happen? You know what comes out? Whatever you've put in. Now, here's the tricky part about that. I was talking with some people about that this week, and they said, Steve, that's easy for you to say because you work at a church, you're a pastor, you, you get paid to be good. <laughs> we, we have to be good for nothing. <laughs> and I get that because some of you, I know, I know some of the circumstances some of you work in, difficult, challenging things, and what surrounds your life, if you're not careful, is you're just, you feel like all that, this just gets poured into me all the time. It washes up, it'll be okay. All of you that are like uh, tightly wound and wondering what's going to happen here, it'll be okay. <laughs> Which is all the more important than to say, God, I'm going to be proactive about making sure that I don't just have a little nibble of you here and there. I'm going to be proactive about making sure that my life is saturated with you. So that when that stuff gets in and around me, what gets squeezed out of me is you, despite how jacked up my world is. The book of James even says, he says, look, pure religion, pure spirituality is this. It's to be in the world, to be surrounded by corrupt and ungodly, nasty stuff that's out there, and yet you can live in this world and not be corrupted by it. So that when you get squeezed, what comes out of you, people go, that's just different. What, what's in you that caused that? you got to be, again, proactive about this. Hashtag manure heap. Hashtag life and peace, it's receptivity to what God wants to do there. Or you can just be manure heap kind of stuff with receptivity and passively just soak in whatever's out there. Listen to all your friends at work, listen to the algorithm, listen to the media choices, just listen, listen passively, just let it all soak in and then wonder, how did my language get to be like this? How did my marriage end up like this? How did our finances end up? You know how they ended up like that? They got what saturated in there. At some point, that stuff's just going to get squeezed out. It says that also that it says they, back in Malachi here, they did not lie or cheat. They uh, walked with me living good and righteous lives. This is the idea of integrity. Kind of the third key for being people that are characterized by life and peace and to get life and peace flowing is reverence for God receptivity to God, and then integrity. This idea that, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a, a trustworthy person. Now, some people hear this and go, okay, living a good and righteous life? Please. You just can't see yourself like that because you, again, what you're doing is you're comparing your everyday footage with other people's highlight reels. And you don't see that in those, their highlight reels, they got some crappy, nasty stuff over here that they aren't telling you all about. Social media kind of does that for us. So what that means is, it's what Paul talks about in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2, in Psalm 101, verse 6. David says it this way, what God calls us to is not perfection, but he talks about being people that are above reproach. What that means is not that we're perfect and we get it all figured out, and not that we're absolutely changed, but that we are changing and that there's no glaring weaknesses. There's no massive stuff that's jacket, that there's our big massive things out there because, oh my gosh, dude, that guy, that girl, geez, whatever. Now, for some of you right now, you're newer to this, you know what you got? Big honking glaring weaknesses. Some of you have been a Christian a long time, you got big honking glaring weaknesses. 
What God wants us to do is I want to take those big honking glaring weaknesses and purge those out of your life. Slowly but sure. You know how those get purged out of your life? Reverence for God. Receptivity to his word. Walking. It says, and they walked with me. This is the idea of, of walking with me. We've talked about this for a bit. It's this idea of John 15, Jesus says, remain in me, abide in me, walk with me. He does not say that your life is going to go from here to here like that. Little by little by little, and you'll turn around one day and go, it's so weird. I used to really, really just get in my rear end kicked by this stuff. And it's weird. It's, I don't even know when the change happened. I'm a different person now. Hmm. And you go, what, where, did, I, did I drink something magic sometime? No, it's little by little by little by little that will happen for you. And so we, we live lives of con- increasing righteousness, increasing transformation, increasing integrity. Or you can have the manure, manure heap. Hashtag MH manure heap. You can make excuses for sin. Yo, come on, Steve. What's the big deal? Come on, it's 2023. Please. We live in the real world. Or... Yeah, you don't understand. We will also do the thing that uh, people both in the outside the church world and then all of us in here do it all the time. It's the comparison thing. We will look at our lives and go, okay, so I know I'm not perfect. I'm just forgiven. And I kind of throw up my mouth every time I hear that little Christian phrase get used. It's not biblical at all because you're not just forgiven. God's transforming you. But we will make the, mis- make the mistake of comparing our life with somebody else and go, well, man, she's a mess. He's a hot jerk, whatever. At least I'm not that bad. And instead of dealing with our own stuff, we'll compare ourselves. He says, if you want a manure heap kind of life and you'd like to be consumed, just compare yourself with other people and make, think, think, think you're not so bad because you're not as bad as they are. God goes, I want better for you than that. I want life and peace for you. And then it says, and they turned many from lives of sin. That means, that's number four, influence. Then when you walk with God with reverence, seeking the honor of his name in every part of your life, when you have a sense of receptivity to good godly influences in your life, when you live a life of integrity, what's going to happen there is by both your words and the authority of those words being backed up with your actions. Parents, that's how you're going to influence your kids. It will not be just bringing them to youth group and church. If you think that's the answer for that, and then you go out there and tell them to quit effing da-da-da-da-da-da, quit screaming and yelling, all this kind of stuff, they're going to go, well, you're no different. It's going to be in the everyday life of a life that they're seeing transformed. Not perfect, but being transformed, you'll help people turn things around. So what do we want today, guys? We want the hashtag life in peace or hashtag Manure heap. And there's a great verse here, great verses here uh, towards the end of Malachi. So if you're here in Malachi, find verse 16. Honestly, verse 16 is the whole reason we did this four-week series. Because I wanted five minutes with you on these verses right here. It says, then those who feared the Lord. Remember, that's the big thing. Fear God, honor of his name, all that. He says, those who feared the Lord spoke with each other. And the Lord listened to what they said. In his presence, a scroll of remembrance was written to record the names of those who feared him and always thought about the honor of his name. 
And I read that. And when I read that just a few months ago, something in my soul goes, I want my name on that scroll. I want my, na- my name on that scroll of, of, of life and peace and always thinking about the honor of Christ's name and, the, and his cause and his purposes and his priorities. How about you? You want your name on that scroll? You want to be those people like, God, I, I don't know what it means. I don't know how, what it looks like, but I say, count me in for that today, God. Count me in. I'm signing up for that today. He says, when that happens, God says, you know what that means? Look what it says here. When they always thought about the honor of his name, and then God says, they're my people. You ever have somebody go, that's my people? Imagine the creator of the universe going out there. That's my people out there. They're the ones. I want to come alongside them. And this is why it says in 2 Chronicles 16, 9, it says, The eyes of the Lord roam throughout the earth looking to find someone or someone whose hearts are fully devoted to him. God's looking for a few people. Not the whole crowd necessarily, but a few people. How awesome to be cross point church where say, God, 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 I want that to be true in my life. My heart fully devoted to you, not segmented out, being receptive to everything you are and everything you do, living a life of increasing integrity, taking the glaring weaknesses out of my life. And then in the, one of the most misquoted, misunderstood verses in the Bible that some of you have screensavers on this, coffee mugs and sweatshirts and mouse pads. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a future and a hope, or hope and a future. I go, I vote for that, yeah. And we read that and go, oh yeah, God just, hmm. And we think it's just God's going to go, we don't keep reading. Because Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you'll get this. You'll seek me and you'll find me when you seek for me wholeheartedly with all your heart. But this has to be a priority for you. So how about it today? Are we going to make it a priority? He said, if you make it a priority, life and peace is coming for you. If you don't, you'll just drift onto the manure heap. The band's going to come up right now. And we're going to give you a chance to, to, to sing some great songs about this, about God. We want our lives to be true, just everything you are and everything that you do. Some of you today might need to take some time to do some business with God. Because some of you look at your life and go, look, you know what? There's some stuff in my life. That if I'm honest, that manure heap stuff is kind of on me in some places. I need to come before God in a sense of confession and humility to come clean about some things. So right there at your seat, go, God, I'm here to conf- I'm not here to make excuses anymore. I'm done with excuses. I'm done rationalizing, done comparing myself. I'd encourage you, if that's you today, do some business with God right there while we're singing these songs to God and about God. Maybe even get up and go to our prayer team in the back and say, would you just pray for me? I just need to get some things confessed and cleaned up today. Maybe you got real big significant problems, capital P problems and needs in your life. And go, I want that life and peace that he has there. And so you need to come and ask those people to pray for you about some things that are going on in your heart and your soul. Make your way back there to the back corner of the room back there. We also give you a chance as we're singing these great songs to come to tables of communion where there's uh, bread and juice that's there. It represents the body and the blood of Jesus. Because the guys, the truth is you can sometimes hear a talk like this and go, okay, I gotta suck it up and I gotta be a better Christian doing it. <laughs> it's impossible. If you could be the Christian that you're supposed to be on your own, the death and resurrection of Jesus was a colossal waste of time. This is something we don't achieve. This is something we surrender to 
and receive and say, God, from the inside out, change me. Give me new desires. Give me a new hunger and thirst for your word. Give me a new hunger and thirst to make you central to everything I am and everything that I do, caring more about your reputation than what everybody else thinks about me combined. And so come and come to those tables of communion today to receive and remember Jesus and what he did for us 2,000 years ago, remembering his body and his blood that was broken and shed for us. And so Jesus, today, here we are. God, we hear about these times where your spirit moves strongly in and amongst people. God, we're saying here we are as a church body, as a kingdom outpost in your great, big, massive, colossal, earthwide, planet-wide kingdom. We're saying, God, here we are. We care more about the honor of your name than we do about the honor of our name as individuals or even as our honor as uh, of our name, Cross Point Church. Psh, who cares? So Jesus, we take some time right now to declare that you're the one who's worthy. You're the one that we honor. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. For more resources, check out go to crosspoint.com.